This is Kurt Benzmiller, Allen Cup champion, four-time Calgary Stampede champion, and you're listening to the Monday Nooner podcast. Tanner Glass from Craven, Saskatchewan, walks out, takes a shot into the crowd in front. Here's Glass with a shot, he scores! People ask you if you want to go do something in life, to say, why wouldn't a guy? Or why wouldn't a girl? And so they asked the question, like, how would you, you know, feel, you know, wearing our jersey, you know, opening night, uh, you know, your first game in, in the NHL? And I was like, oh, I'm like, it'd be unbelievable to wear an Astro Predator jersey and, you know, put that the Preds logo on. And, you know, I like looked around, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong, <laughs> wrong roof. <laughs> Welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to twirl number 21 of the Monday Nooner podcast coming to you live tonight from the boardroom of Realty One in Regina. Going to introduce you to the co-host to kick off the show and it's a busy show so let's get right into it. Sean Kindop, welcome back. Good to see you. How you been? Hey guys, no, good to be back. Was I tuned in the last twirl? I was excited. You know, I'd suck excited to miss it, and, but it sounds like you boys had fun japping me like crazy, so I'm just glad to be back in the room with you. We absolutely did. Shane Belter, good to see you again, my friend. Great to be back, Boz. Got a lot uh, lot going on tonight. Fishing and hunting segment. Haven't done that in a while. We're going we're gonna to tee that up again tonight. A few shout outs and the tirade. Perfect. I'm happy you got that segment back. People have been asking because you had it your first week and we haven't had the hunting and fishing segment since. So look forward to that story a little bit later on. And Shink, how are you doing this week? Good week, boys. Uh, election came and went all as well. And speaking of the election, we might as well get into our double G first. Yeah. G2. Gary, congrats on that. We're going to talk actually to a SAS party MLA coming up in a bit. But Carmen Hebert running in ward 10 in the regina civic election in a couple weeks sponsor of the podcast he just wants to remind anyone nod in ward 10 vote for him he just wants a a little bit of a change jerry flagel had the seat for a long time and he just uh, mr hebert wants to push push city council on a few things make some things happen in ward 10 in regina civic election in the next couple of weeks look for carmen hebert on the ballot why wouldn't a guy? All right, guys. So coming up in twirl number 21 of the Monday Nooner podcast, it's for Joel Trapp of Realty One Residential Commercial. Don't leave your money on the table when it comes to selling and make sure you know what you're getting into when you're buying. He wants to sell or buy property for you. Joel Trapp Realty, two P's on Trap. Find him on Google, any of the social medias, Joel Trapp Realty One. So coming up in the twirl, we've got a, a really busy twirl coming up this week election night last night we'll have some fun and talk about some of the winners and maybe some of the losers in the province i'm sure you guys were all uh, dialed into the election last night yeah we were checked it out i watched it uh i watched it till the sas party majority got announced so uh yeah so about 15 20 minutes in yeah, and, uh, sh- long. shut her down some senior hockey information now a lot of senior hockey talk floating around i know all of our dms and text messages have been filling up with uh knowledge about senior hockey we've got some information regarding cis u sports players and what could or couldn't happen to them and if they will be or won't be playing senior hockey so stay tuned for that triple a league might already be dealing with some co 
COVID issues is one rumor we've been hearing. And of course, our senior hockey soiree will be talking about some of the leagues around the province and hopefully they get their websites updated soon with their schedules for the season. So senior hockey talk and a great interview coming up as well. Yeah, classic story. Uh, Saskatchewan Sasky gentleman, little junior A, then college scholarship, Ivy League college scholarship. Uh, went last round in the NHL draft, the last round, and ended up having a heck of an NHL career. Tanner Glass, we're going to talk to him. Awesome never quit story uh, for the kids out there. This is a never quit story, kind of like uh, Gary Grewal. G squared. Friends call him Gare. Like, like with Gare. all with all the money he spent on billboards, we gave him a few shout outs on the pod. Basically takes over, I think, I think we all know that his money is better spent with a pod next election his uh, return on investment from the podcast the zero dollars he spent yeah as opposed to the billboards that he probably spent uh, quite a few bucks on i'd say we did him a uh, pretty big solid there we so. did yes let's get into the election a little bit later let's get into the last episode right now for last mountain distillery hazelnut liqueur is the thing that's sizzling off the shelves right now so i'm told they got a couple of new products coming down the line too um yeah it's it's almost tis the season to start thinking about stocking stuffers and presents and gifts for clients and friends and exes uh exes you want to go to the billboard place it's like almost a dollar a beer those garbage billboards that are out there but if you want the good stuff local made here employing local people supporting local last mountain distillery last episode scott hartnell wasn't that a treat and uh, yeah all the feedback i got was just like wow and Boz did a great job of some of those little sound clips that he put on social media, like that torch story. I don't know Phenomenal. how you don't how do you don't find that entertaining. Like that was so awesome. Phenomenal. Yeah. I like you know it's a good interview when like you're asking questions, but then it'll be like, no, no, wait, I got another yeah, story. I have more to tell you to this story. Yeah, yeah no, Scott uh, Scott Hartnell was a great episode, and then in, in, right into the social media update. I think Kenner, you know what? It just keeps climbing that uh, that Twitter number. No matter what happens, it's every day we keep getting new followers, and it keeps rising. Yeah, that's exciting. And like we check it a lot. There's a lot of fun stuff going on. Like me and Boz are on it all the time. Um, but yeah, we're we're up to 1,202 followers. We were at 1,203, but 1,202 and uh, and building steady. So it's exciting. No, it's fantastic, Kinner. Yeah, we're really excited. So how many how many to to 2,000 now? Oh, it's 798 boys. Oh boy. Thanks. As of as as we record right now, social media update brought to you by our friends at High Tech Profiles in Regina, celebrating 25 years in business, laser cutting, plasma cutting, tube laser, press breaking, and plate rolling. Speaking of them, you guys posted on the social media accounts the Monday nooner fire pit. Can you maybe explain to people what's going to happen? And they make those fire pits. If you ever want a custom-made fire pit, these are your guys, high-tech profiles. They can make it. Did you see the Monday Nooner one on the socials? It's unbelievable. So, yeah, maybe just give people an update on what we're going to do with that down the road. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in quick. I talked to Trent, and for all you fishermen out there that are listening now or hunters, this, this fire pit comes apart into three pieces so it, it all folds up nice and neat nice and neat you want to take it out start a fire have a you know fish fry or whatever fold her up dump some water on her get cool divorced whatever you need to do you want to take it with you out the back door she'll never know so yeah no it's a great thing let's uh let's fire that up buzz 
So on our social media, you'll see the fire pit, like we mentioned, we're going to be doing an auction. So we want people to step up and say what they're going to bid on the fire pit. And the highest bidder at the end of the time that we allot on our social media is going to win the fire pit from High Tech Profiles, all the money going to Heroes Hockey, which is Superheroes Regina is one of their divisions that helps kids with special needs that uh, otherwise couldn't play hockey. And it's really special if you watch the videos on our social media of some of these kids uh, out on the ice, they skate on Saturday mornings. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's unreal. Like those videos that they put out were awesome. And uh, and well, even on that far, but I think we already even had our first bid. Did we? Yeah. How much was the bid? Two undo from yours truly. That's I opened a, her up. That's a hell of a deal for one of those fire pits. Super yeah. cheap. Yeah, I'll take it and every I, day of the week. And looking forward to getting that out. And when you guys get it out there, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of bids. And yeah, we'll. Br- uh, you know what? Let's let's make it. We'll we'll make a thing right now that we'll deliver it. To, sure. If someone wanted, because we can't ship that thing. Yeah, we can't ship. It. We'll bring throw it, it in to the you. back of your truck. Throw it in the back of my truck. Or yeah. truck. We'll deliver, but they got to have a fire that night, and we'll bring some Last Mountain in 016. Oh. Have a quick little campfire. They Boys, must... road trip to Canistano. There we the go. Canistano you say that we'll motel. deliver it. You never know who's going to yeah, buy it. Yeah, you never know who will buy that thing now. Well, I put my foot in my mouth, so. You I'm said gonna... it. Boys now are it's happening. Why I was hoping that somebody in Kelowna buys it. Come on, Bartel. <laughs> Regan, Bartel, if you're listening, let's give Regan a shout out. Tag dial him. this thing up. Extra entries for if you tag Please him. dial this thing up. Phoenix. Uh, yeah, no, so that'll be really fun. And let's get into and for a really good cause. Yeah, really great good cause. cause. Yeah, so some uh, some sad news I I seen on the uh, on TV out of Edmonton. There, Joey Moss uh, passed away a long time. I guess if you want to say it, I guess he's a long time Edmonton sports icon out there that uh, got involved back in Gretzky's day, and he was he was fifty seven. So it's some some sad news out of there. Fifty seven years old. Yeah, that you know that's you can't help but but feel sad right and that, and that the energy that he has they they were showing the um videos of when he would sing the anthem when the Oilers were making that run and then there was videos of him in the locker room helping the Oilers back in the day and then i guess he was he was a key part with the Edmonton Eskimos as well but yeah uh, like you said belts uh super sad news uh, unfortunate and uh yeah rest in peace joy yeah thoughts go to uh, his family and everybody affected Shout outs here for Synergy AG, local farmers in the area. They are your local input retailer, soil plant analytics. We talk about keeping money in the province. That's what these guys do. Everything stays in Saskatchewan. Synergy AG, AG locations in Balcaris, Lumsden, Pence, Yorkton, Govan, and Provo. So shout outs. I have, uh, I have like pictures, people sending pictures of sticker the stickers that we gave out or we yeah. we put them in a few places yeah a few establishments on a few windows and stuff so just people that are sending those and super cool yeah to, to see those out there in uh, in different places why wouldn't a guy hey why wouldn't a guy and now that hockey's starting, it's really cool to see that the uh, that the koozies are still making their rounds. Like Kenneth Chuck had it is in his hockey bag. Only 15 minutes to leave the dressing room. What am I going to do with the other 12 minutes? And he's got a 016 and a uh, and a Monday Nooner koozie. So that's awesome. Thanks, Kenneth Chuck. There was one guy that we haven't posted yet um, working at the I think the quarry mine up right. up north. We got to post that one. He had his koozie like down. How how deep would that be? I what can't. Was it, Three thousand. 
feet. Oh, it's like it's, real deep. Let's put it yeah. that way. And he's down in the mine, and he's got his koozie around his uh, his water. Uh, they drill real deep up there, Kenner. <laughs> real deep. Oh, I just yeah. So that, I think it's Kenton uh, was his there, name. Sorry. Thanks for that pick. That was awesome. I had uh, lots of messages from senior hockey teams, and they were messaging about getting the stickers. But like, we had Carlisle reach out. We had Davidson. We had. Kipling, their Kipling Winthor squad, like lots of senior hockey teams reaching out. It's cool to hear from those guys. Also had an old radio buddy of mine up in Saskatoon. Drink. Drink. His name is Clayton Croker. Does mornings on 96.3 Cruise FM in Saskatoon. Said he listens every week and he thinks it's awesome. He's like, if you're ever up here, let me know. And he's like, I'm not asking to get on, but I know some guys and whatever. So uh, look me up if he's you're in Saskatoon. He's a good quarterback he back was. in the day. And I think his like bro, junior his bro, football. His bro was a good football player. On the Okanagan. Clayton played for, and he holds yeah. the record for most interceptions in a season. But uh, oh yeah, but you know who, played college ball. You know who else is a football? pretty good football player back in the day? Not super speedy, but old Clint Bussy from back in Swift Current, buddy of mine. Going to give him a shout out. Got me some uh, some some scoop on the Nauticue, so We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, also, Nick Anderson got us uh, got us the the deep scoop on the white mic. Nick Anderson might as well be sponsoring. Well, I heard program. a rumor that he heard you're coming back to senior, so he's just been filling your DM full of love. So he doesn't get. Fucking fist he, pounding. He's, li- he's lining this year. He's going to be a linesman. He's going to be my in. I might get an award for most DMs to the Monday Nooner at some point. Mark, yeah. Mark Legary, actually, shout out to him while we're talking about it. He gave me a ton of info on the Nauticue League. Perfect. So, yeah, we, we need info on these leagues to make this happen. So, if you want to be anonymous doesn't matter or if you will drop your name whatever we need information on your league because this isn't our full-time job and my last shout out uh old friend of mine from swifty they live out this way now her and her husband jen pattison and colin pattison big fans of the nooner they're in the Balcaris area all right on. and we were chatting a little bit she asked me she'd heard some rumors and i said oh, there might possibly be a little Little hockey twirling going on out of, out of Balcaris there. So, uh, yeah, shout out to them. They're uh, big fans, new fans of the pod, and uh, another female listener. So, it's great. Team building, uh, November 7th. We're doing a, a team building. We're going out to the valley, and we're it's like, coming up quick. I haven't been on the skates yet. This we're year. building forts, yeah, and uh, I got to find my suit for coaching. It's building like forts and doing all that stuff uh, with a team building thing. When you, yeah, we might skate that night good. and eat pizza. Before I forget, Chris W., thanks for the picture. He's rocking his nooner. His Nooner mask, so thanks for doing your part, Chris. And uh, yeah, that's all I got, boys. The Nooner masks were a hot uh, commodity. We didn't get a ton of those uh, made. Yeah, but that's a, that's a good point. And you know, you got to wear them kind of everywhere now. Um, how many how many places have you gone into where you you start walking across the parking lot and then you go, oh, I need a mask. It's like one of those things. Yeah, another another segment that's picking up some steam uh, is the old hunting fishing segment brought to you uh, by the PA Raiders. And uh, again, the the whole team and everyone up there, Cliffy and Sizzle, thanks for the support. And uh, yeah, the message from them: just keep keep wearing your masks, uh, keep social distancing, so that we can hopefully get back to some hockey and in January. And let's just do our part. And uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be great to get back to the rink and have a few with everybody and watch some hockey and get out of our basements. Shane, what do you got, man? So yeah, we're gonna talk about just quickly. We're gonna talk about what's going on out in the out in the wildlife world. It is we're coming into the whitetail rut. This is when the whitetail deer they start going around trying to make lots of babies, and uh, yeah, they're a lot easier to hunt this time of year from now till mid November is when the boys will really be out there, and the the unicorn wives will be 
coming out of their shells and uh, appearing everywhere. So that's what that that's kind of where we're at in the hunting and fishing world right now. And uh, ice is starting to freeze over. The boys are going to be getting on the ice, pumping some uh, some walleyes through the ice here pretty soon as she gets colder and colder. This week coming up, you never know. There's already some ice. It might you know melt it off. We might have some bad ice coming up when it gets cold again, but. You know, it's that time of year, and uh, that's kind of all I got for the hunting and fishing segment this week. Speaking of babies, and if you're kind of done having them, Gentle Procedures Saskatchewan is your place. No needle, no scalpel vasectomy. They do them out of Saskatoon and Regina. You've been listening to us for how many weeks now? No needle, no scalpel vasectomy. You might know a buddy that's going to get a vasectomy, or your dad, or whoever. GentleProcedureSaskatchewan.com is the place to go. I can't imagine having that conversation with your dad. That is just a weird thought. Dad, I really don't want any more. I don't want any more brothers or sisters. Can you snip your... I have friends that had kids young that that would totally go down. Oh, I just can't envision that. Dad's going in. Dad's going to get snipped. Dad, I think you should really go to Gentle Procedures. It's time. <laughs> gentle Procedures. We'll ship you a hat if you get your dad to go to Gentle Procedures. Free neuter hat, and we will deliver it to your house. If your dad, if you can convince your dad to get a Gentle Procedures vasectomy. I'll bring you 24 but, beer and, and a, a hat. bottle but of maybe, Last Mountain But maybe whiskey. bit on the fire pit too so we can cut down on trips. <laughs> <laughs> Same area. Same area. Please be in this within 100 kilometers. Yeah. No, no, our real problem with the fire pit is going to be if someone like wins in Meadow Lake or Bovell. Saddle up, Road partner. Trip. Be good hunting up there, though. We can go, give her. Fishing? We'll bring yeah, Millsy. Like, There's a good rut up ice there. Ice fishing? Bring the gun. Back on the, uh, back on the wheels here with some hockey talk. So the AAA Midget League was supposed to start last week. I think the female league went off without a hitch. They're I haven't going. heard anything about that. Was I actually, heard that today. The females are buzzing. Get out and support them. Go watch them. Go check them out. Good hockey. For the boys, oh yeah, especially if you've got a theme, like our little girls at play, we totally got to go and watch these AAA girls. I'm helping coach and I can barely keep up. Mind you, it doesn't say much, but those little little eight-year-olds can buzz around out there. The men's AAA Midget League, last week they had like two of the sets of the exhibition games cancel because... Kid at one of the schools in YXE got COVID. So a lot of the kids go there. So they said, be safe. We got to cancel it. Then the next day, the contacts are supposed to play, or next day, I think, North Battleford. And the way I understand it, don't shoot me if I'm wrong, is North Battleford, somebody was in contact with somebody that had oh. it. So those were done. And then I think one of the other other games got uh got turfed as well. So that's unfortunate. No exhibition season. I just hope that they can make this happen somehow, some way, because this is going to trickle down, obviously, to senior too. You know, buddies at uh, the auto parts store and wherever, right. and he had it, and then he can't play, but yet he was in contact with, they're driving together to play the Wawota or Wadena wagons. And senior is a little different animal too because, you know, Triple A Midget, those kids are in school together. They kind of got the same routines. Where senior boys are working in different areas, Practice doing this, doing that. Day. They're all over the place. So yeah. it, uh, it definitely adds a, a real slippery dynamic to that. So sure. that's, uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, but while we're, hopefully, hopefully everything goes there, 
for the Senior AAA League. We're going to keep uh, in close contact with that. If you're up around the YXC area and you need a realtor, Dave Price is your guy. Century 21 Fusion, Dave Price. He's just honest. He's just as honest as they come. If you're selling, he's your guy. If you know someone moving into the city and you're going to buy, Dave Price, Century 21 Fusion. Look him up. Time for the interview, and it's brought to you by Healthy Eyes Optometry and Dr. Sean Fleming. We talked about it last week. I think Belter went and got his uh, specs checked, or his eyes checked with Flem's professional. Yeah, it was good. really good. Yeah, he was great. He does them in uh, Regina here, Harbor Landing location, or on Rochdale. Healthy Eyes Optometry, Dr. Sean Fleming, a 1983 birth year. Played minor hockey in Lumsden, Strasbourg. Bethune and Davidson, as we find out, Triple A midget with the Yorkton Maulers, Junior A in the BCJHL, then four years at Dartmouth in the NCAA D1, drafted in the last round of the 2003 entry draft to the Florida Panthers. Then he turns it in to a 527 game NHL career. Sasky gentlemen, people that know him rave on how good of a guy he is. Here is Tanner Glass. Drive score! Tanner Glass snaps it by Carey Price. Tanner Glass, score! Tanner Glass, his first goal of the season. He's such a good teammate, they love him. Oh, now they're going to go, though. All right. He said, no, I'm going to drop him instead and have a fight with Tanner Glass. And, I mean, these guys are trading some serious punches. Haymakers from both Oh, boy. Tanner Glass joining us, and uh, Tanner, you're in Seattle, which is when I found out that you're there. It was it was really weird. What what makes you lay your head in Seattle? Let me guess. It's it's the woman or a woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My wife's from just outside of Seattle, on the other side on the peninsula. And uh, after we lived in Vancouver for six or seven summers, um, we kind of got used to the summers out here, and and uh, her family's down here, so we came to Seattle. Right on. So on this pod, we, we always start, we, we like to go back to a guy's minor hockey days and, and find out, you know, what he was all about, who he was playing with, some of the weapons there and whatnot. So when you go back, I the way I understand it is you played in like a number of different spots. Like it was like Strasburg, Craven, Lumsden area, that whole area. Like maybe take us through Adam. Like, do you remember like where, where were you located and what were you doing in Adam? Yeah. Okay. Well, I started in Saudi. My my both my parents are from Saudi, so I started there. I spent my first four four or five years in Saudi, and then my first year, Adam, we moved to Lumsden. Well, to Craven, and then that put me in, in hockey in Lumsden. And then I was in Lumsden. Um, you know, two years of Adam, two years of Pee Wee, one year of Bantam, and then uh, my second year Bantam, I actually played it between Lumsden, Bethune, and, and Davidson. So I kind of <laughs> bit of a milker on that year, but it was uh, ended up with two championships. So I'll take it. Is that so? That was two separate teams, or three teams, or all one team, or what? Yeah, it was it was Lumsden to start with, and then uh, we had a battle over provincials and picking players up, and some people got mad, and I ended up leaving for provincials, and then the association was like, "Well, if you're leaving for provincials, you're leaving for the league too." So I went over to Davidson for the league, and and we ended up playing against Lumsden in the in the playoffs. So oh wow. Wow, that yeah. would have been uh, that would have been a little heated. So, um, when you go back to some of those days, like who are some of the some of the guys that you played with 
and against that were, uh, you know, it's the knockouts and, and the guys that everyone had to watch. Well, when I was in Saudi, we played a lot against the Strasbourg guys. So it was Nick and Jesse Schultz, Mike Whirl. They were head and shoulders above the rest of us back then when we were really, really young. And then I remember when I came to Lumsden, I played with Jade Hine a lot. He was like my, my line mate every second year. We were, we thought we were pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> there was a, there were a few guys on those Lumsden teams though, like Riley Schmidt and, and Brett Matlock, some, some of the, the hometown boys that were pretty, pretty fun to play with. And then, and then we always battled against the Ulmers and the Ermels and those guys in, uh, in Bethune, we had some heated battles and then I flipped sides and went with them for a year. So no, that was, those guys were, were great to play with and still really good friends. A lot of those guys. You had some big raisins to do that, to kind of switch teams at minor. And, and when you're that yeah. young, cause I can't imagine my kid being in some, maybe Belter, like it'd be more for you growing up in, in Swift and some of those small towns or even Boz to have a guy switch and, and go like, that's, that's some major raisins. Listen, I went back to back double Bantam championships. Nobody was leaving our squad. <laughs> <laughs> so after Bantam uh, there, you went to, to Yorkton, is that right? Played AAA Midget in Yorkton for a couple of years? Yeah, played a couple of years at AAA Midget in Yorkton for the Maulers. Um, I lived with a, with a buddy of mine that I played with. I played with him in Saudi, actually, Matt Zaba. Um, he was living in Yorkton at the time, and I, I, I roomed with him and lived with the Zaba family. They were amazing. Um, Linda was a great cook. She made amazing cookies. <laughs> um, I ate probably too many of those back then, but... No, I lived with them for two years there for the for the Maulers, and uh, yeah, it was great. It was it was I can't say enough about that organization. They were they were amazing to me and gave me a shot to play midget AAA, and, and it was great for a couple of years. From Yorkton, you go to the BCJ, so it's kind of a a two part question. Was was the WHL ever um, an option, Tanner? And then the second part is why not the SJ? Yeah, so I mean, the Dub wasn't an option early on. I was I was never drafted in the Dub draft, and you know, for whatever reason, just didn't, didn't get the look then. And then, uh, you know, as I went along in my midget in midget triple, I was, I had a really good second year midget and throughout that year, I got a couple, I was on a couple lists at, at certain times, but I had already kind of, you know, after getting passed over at 15, I kind of just set my sights on the college route and, and playing junior a. And so then when the list did happen later on, I was kind of already, you know, had already moved on. Um, and yeah. And, and, and why the YBC? I mean, I, I would I considered the SJ pretty heavily. I had a good first year midget and, and was with Yorkton and uh, yeah I don't know I just I kind of just as that year went along I just kind of felt like I wanted to to move out to BC and see a different part of the world and, and um, you know Yorkton was good and then I got traded to to Weyburn that year actually so I played a few games with Weyburn as well but yeah it was just it was just more like I wanted to go see something else and. And at that at that time, it was I think the best league in Western Canada, and there were a lot of scholarships coming out of there. So I just decided to flip out to BC. So were you good in uh, in school um, all the way through? You know, is that maybe something your parents instilled in you, or were you were you pretty good uh, scholastically, as they call it? Yeah, I mean, I was I was good, not great. I I did enough to get my eighty average, and <laughs> I wish I had better habits. Once I got to school, I once I got to Dartmouth, and it was tough, and I was you know I couldn't just get by on my on my smile anymore. <laughs> so it was, uh, no, I, I was, I was good in school and they were, they pushed that for me. Like, like when I was, when I was smaller at 15 and I kind of, you know, missed the band draft. My dad was, was on it and he was like, if you can get school paid for from this game, it's probably a good thing to do. So credit goes to him with that one for sure. The college uh, game and the college atmosphere. And I think, you know, Shane played uh, in the WHL 
you talk to guys that played the college route. There's the guys that screwed that whole part up, not naming yeah. names, but how, how cool was that? Like, you know, you play on the weekends and then you're yeah. Ivy league. So you, you got to keep up your average too, right? Like, so school is kind of a major part. Just talk about, you know, how awesome it is to play college hockey and with an organization like Dartmouth and the Ivy league. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was amazing. I think it's the best place any player could go. I mean, it's, it hasn't been the powerhouse hockey school like a North Dakota or Michigan or a Boston college or anything like that. But if you combine the, the athletic side of it with the, you know, with the whole life experience of going to an Ivy league school like that, it was pretty amazing. And, and you know, I don't know if you, people probably don't know a lot about Dartmouth, but it's a, it's a small school. It's like 4,000 people in a town of, of 4,000. So it's up in the woods in New Hampshire and uh, you're pretty far from anything. You're three hours south of Montreal and two hours north of Boston. So there's not much going on up there. You're, it's frat life, and it's uh, you know it's pretty pretty cold. So it's, it was pretty cool to be up there, and you make such good friends. Like I, some of my best friends to this day are guys that I met there, and and uh, you really you know there's not much going on, so you form some bonds up there. So when you went there, did you have like other options of places you were going to go visit anywhere else, or was that just the place? No, I had some options. I had uh, not great options. <laughs> I had a tough start to my second year, and uh, the options I thought I was going to have went away pretty quickly. And Dartmouth was all was was heavy right from right from the start and all the way through. And and I had a, I had some other visits lined up to the Alaskas and to uh, I had Denver actually lined up. Then I when I went to Dartmouth, I just I canceled the rest. It was I, it was pretty evident it was the place for me. So what was your SAT score? <laughs> Twelve hundred. Uh-huh. What's your degree in, Tanner? The history of imperialism. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I studied empires. I studied the British Empire, the Roman Empire. For but four honestly, years, it's a, it's a liberal arts school, so like it's of my thirty-five classes, <laughs> ten were ten were my major, so I got a good sampling of everything. It's okay. That's what does one do with that uh, degree? Do you do you go and teach that, or do you? I, you know, do you work at one of those puzzle stores? What does a guy do? You become an NHL tough guy. What do you mean? <laughs> that was my plan all along. Yeah. No. So seriously, what what was the, uh, you know, first off, let's go back to college. Cause I got to know what was your favorite um, place to go and play? Like th- some of those college games on a weekend get yeah. crazy in that Boston area. And there's so many schools there, but you know, when you look back, where was your favorite place? Uh, place to go and play a roadie in college cornell was good cornell was my favorite they got a small rink there lina it's called it's low ceilings and the student section is pretty crazy and we always seem to have success there too which was nice because they were they were always ranked pretty highly ranked ahead of us but yeah it was it was one of those places where they give every student when they walk in a newspaper so when they're announcing your names everyone's shaking the newspaper they can't hear anyone then they crumble them all up and throw them on the ice so Little things like that that you don't see in you know in the average drink out west. So it's little little things make it kind of fun. So do you you know going through your college career? I mean, I know myself. I played in the dub. The the game situation's a lot different. You play a lot less games in college. Yeah. Do you think that that really helped you? You know, I guess gearing into the pro game. Just just having you know not expending your body and beating the mm-hmm. you know hard of yourself for so many years. I think the thing for me was it just gave me more time in the long run, right? Like if I, you know, when you're, when you go to the dub or you, you take that major junior route, you got to be ready at 21, 22 two years old to, to prove you're worth that contract, right? Like right. you're going to earn that contract. And for me, I, I turned pro at 24. 
So I just needed that extra, that extra time to develop, you know, maturity wise. And then physically, like I, I came out at, you know, two ten, two fifteen from college and I was, you know, I was physically ready to play and, and play the minutes I needed to play. Yeah. You're, a, you're like, you're a grown man when you're coming out of there. You're right, not yeah. a, you're not a 20 year old kid trying to break into the league. And I mean, if, unless, you know, aside from a McDavid or a Crosby, I mean, you're yeah. grinding it out, you're mucking it out in the minors for three or four years trying to make uh, you know, trying to make the show. Yeah, exactly. And then that's, that was me. Like I, I was never a high end guy. So I needed that time to, and I came out and I was more mature when I, you know, just to, to accept the role that was, that was available to me. Like I wasn't trying to be a second line winger. Like I, I knew <laughs> I was just had the wherewithal to realize that it was going to be third, fourth line penalty killing, hitting, fighting. That was going to pay the bills for me. So that's what So was pro hockey. Like, was that the plan the whole way through? You go, okay, I'm going to finish school and I'm going pro for sure. I'm going to make a career out of this. Or was there ever any, you know, contingency plans or anything like that? No, it was, the plan was to play pro hockey the, the whole time. I mean, from when I was five years old, I wanted to play in the NHL. And you, know, you can ask my dad every, you know, he'd ask me what I want to be when I grew up. And I was, it was always a hockey player. So it's, there's actually a funny story. I got, when I was drafted the night before the draft, I got a call from Rick Dudley of the Panthers. And he's like, he's like, Hey, are you, uh, you want to play pro hockey? I'm like, yeah, of course. Why? He's just like, well, you're going to a good school. You know, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, you didn't just use hockey to get in and you're going to be in the books the whole time. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm interested in playing pro hockey. He's like, all right, well, we'll, we'll see. And it was like a really quick, just like no commitment, nothing. Just like, well, we'll see. And he hangs up. I'm like, well, I hope that works. You know? Were you loaded when that call came? Like, cause that would be really trippy. No, I was just like, just super surprised to hear from him at all. I was playing junior A in, in Nanaimo at the time and yeah. you know, didn't expect to be drafted, but that was a cool call to get. So, Kyle Ulmer at, said you got to talk about the draft story because 2003 was one of like the best drafts ever. When you look at that first round, it's sick. Um, I got to ask you, you know, so you're, you get ninth round out of Nanaimo. Where were you when you heard about the draft and, and that Florida was the place? Yeah. So ninth round, 265 overall. So there's a couple stories around that actually. So I get, so the next morning after that call night before, that was the night of the first round. I obviously didn't go in the first, but uh, <laughs> he calls me after the first. And then he, and so then the next morning, I'm working at Pizza Hut actually in Penticton, BC, and I'm making dough. And it's about 10 a.m. And, uh, and I get a call and uh, it's, it's the GM, it's Rick Dudley. And he's like, hey, he's like, uh, we, so we took a chance on you, but I came to see you play three times last year. The first time you were sick, you didn't play. The second time you were all right, and the third time you played like shit. So, you know, but we had a guy who saw you play 25 times last year, and he thinks you might have a chance. So we took you in the in the ninth round. So, so good luck, and uh, we'll see you in four years. <laughs> like I said, I didn't. I said hello. Like it was one word, and he just went off, and I was like, okay, thanks. Like that was it. You're working. So I went like, back to making dough, and uh, enjoyed my Saturday. He was. He drew up your. St- Dixon gas contract, and that was the end of it. <laughs> that is a classic. So, like, were you like early into your shift, or at least were you like late in your shift? No, I was like right smack in the middle. And this is before cell phones and stuff. So I'm just like, you know, the rest of my shift, I'm just like, what the hell? So did he call the he pizza, called pizza Hut? No, he, he called. Yeah, he called Pizza Hut. Oh, that's the best story. Ever. <laughs> he, called, he called someone else, and they told him delivery or pickup or what. Oh my god, yeah. that is the best I, story. I came in a couple days later, and I, the, my manager, I was like, "Hey, you know, I gotta." She's like, "Let me guess, you're not working the pizza hut anymore." I'm like, "No, I should probably be training more than than I have been." So I, 
So I quit the Pizza Hut gig and with, I worked at Okanagan Hockey School for the rest of the summer. Do I still get my staff discount? Yeah. <laughs> free breadsticks at lunch. Or what? And they, had a, they had a good buffet at Pizza Hut. They, they did. did. They yeah, did they a good buffet. Have a good that buffet. is a freaking awesome. Deadly story. It's one of the best. Calls the them pod. at Pizza Hut. At Pizza Hut. College to the AHL. Like, what was what was your mindset there? Like, did they did they tell you much? You know, because a story I heard today actually was there was that that year in between college and the and the show, and I think it was uh, was it Perry Shockey or somebody had a camp here in Regina, and you showed up, and it was a three on three, and it was like um, Adam Brooks was there, and there's some guys, and you showed up and paid your money, and it was pro skating with pros. And Curtis Hunt said to the one guy, he's like, who the hell is that? And you were jacked. And that someone's like, that's Tanner Glass. And you were the best guy on the ice for two weeks with all these pros skating in Regina. And then you go to, I guess, the, the Florida camp. And you must have had a hell of a camp then because, you know, you're, you were playing show that year. Yeah, it was funny. Like, I didn't. I went to camp and I was, you know, not on anyone's radar and I got one exhibition game and it was in Saskatoon actually. And uh, I was playing my four minutes, which was standard that year. And Carson Germain, who was in Kelowna, I think he was a, he was a Calgary pick and he's like, Hey, you want to go? And I'm, you know, I hadn't fought and since junior A and Penticton, I even fought <laughs> maybe a few times back then. And, and I was like, sure. And I ended up winning this fight and, and uh, the Sutter's uh, Dwayne Sutter was the director of player development back then. And he's like, gets back on the bus and just hits me on the shoulder. He's like, here, read about yourself and hands me this article. So it was, that was cool. It was my first, first foray into pro hockey. And it was, you know, I had some success, but I just got the one exhibition game and I went down to, to Rochester and we were split affiliate back then between Buffalo and Florida. So there's only you know, nine spots for each. And um, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a shoe and I was going to make that team. And it's, it's down to the wire there. Like it was between me and like Pat Coletta and a couple other guys for, for two or three spots. And, I ended up just making that team by the skin of my teeth because I think I fought four times in, in six exhibition games. And then, you know, 10 games into the season, there's, you know, Kendall McCardle gets hurt. There's two left wingers get hurt in Florida and I get the call and you know, I go from barely hanging on in the American league. Now I'm in the NHL and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on the bus beside Denny Potvin. And he's like, Hey, well, kid, are you going to do something to stick around? And I'm like, oh, I guess I will. You know, that I just, Fought Matt Bradley a couple nights later, and all of a sudden I'm playing 40 games my first year pro, and it was just kind of like, I don't know, it was just you know blink your eyes, and all of a sudden I got 40 games into my NHL career. That is such a freaking cool story. Like, to be honest though, you you obviously had someone in that Panthers organization that just bought Tanner Glass stock because no disrespect to you, you're a hell mm. of a player and you grinded and all that, but how many guys? didn't get that chance that you you got right like- well, there's, it's a couple of things like the head scout was was a big fan um scott loose he's in vegas now he was a big fan of mine and then you know i just i just found a niche right like i looked at the lineup and there was no one doing that stuff there was you know the like the gritty guys on the team were euros and no one was fighting and hitting and i just you know i i had the wherewithal to figure out that like if you want to stick around this is what's going to work and i you know i didn't try to to you know, make the play at the blue line. I just put it in and hit and got in good defensive position. And it's kind of what I made a career of. And I just, just being reliable, you know, like being, being trustworthy out there. And, you know, you, even if you're not on the radar right away or you don't, you don't have a bunch of cheerleaders. If you, if you prove it day in and day out that you can be relied upon, it's, that's how you turn people's minds. So 
Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is a game of inches, even even hockey, right? Like you get you, those injuries get a guy called up, and it's everyone in the in the NHL and the AHL are so close a lot of the times, and it's just you need that break, eh? And you got that break, and and it turned out fantastic for you. And that's that's what I tell guys now in my in my job now is like, you don't guys don't realize the value of an opportunity. Like it's that one little, you know, it might be one game, it might be one one shift where you got a P- PK shift, you know, and if if you don't. If you're not ready and dialed in and, you know, ready for that opportunity and you let it go by, who knows when the next one might come. So, you know, I, it was it definitely was luck and I definitely had people in my corner, but I think it was just, you know, I was able to, to seize that one opportunity and it worked out for me. So <clears throat> your first uh, year in Florida, looks like those 41 games, you had one tuck, one goal, one <laughs> assist. First NHL goal. We love asking guys this. What, uh, what happened on that first goal? Yeah, it was a good one. It was, uh, it was a two-on-one with Nathan Horton. And it was uh, Jason Cullimore like rimmed it around. It had a, took a funny hop off the stanchion, and we were like full ice two on one. I did, I did not think he was passing it. I had like two shots on net in my twenty five games to that point, and and he slides it over to me through the triangle, and and it was against Ray Emery, and he, I just grabbed it and slid it five hole on him. He opened up for me, and I, I couldn't believe it. I was in disbelief more than anything. I was just like, if you see the picture, it's hilarious. I'm just like, oh my god, like my eyes are so wide. I just. You know, some guys are celebrating. I'm just like, holy shit, that just happened. But that was <laughs> who's, cool. Who's the first call you made that night? Ah, uh, I think that's my parents. I'm sure. You know, it was. Yeah, it was. It was pretty special. And my obviously your phone's blowing up, and I had a cell phone by that time. So. <laughs> cool. So then the next year, uh, thought maybe you called a lady from Pizza Hut and say, "Look at me now. <laughs> Look, Look at me, me now. now. Look at me now." No. <laughs> the next year, you you kind of do the the Rochester. Florida thing briefly and then how do you how do you end up in Vancouver was that a was that a trade or that was a free agent thing yeah I was free agent so that year I went down to Roch we had a new coach in Roch and uh, I was the last cut out of camp that year first game first line second game second line third game third line fourth game fourth line fifth game he's got me out of the lineup (laughs) I'm just like holy shit this turned in a hurry (laughs) like I go in his office I'm like what's what's going on he's like well what do you do for me I'm like (laughs) or it's pretty pretty evident I just you know smash into people and block shots and but uh no he didn't appreciate my game and the the organization let me go and signed a signed a one-year uh two-way in Vancouver and made that team out of camp so it's the best thing that could happen to me. Your Vancouver years, obviously, you play with uh, you play with some some great players and whatnot. But the uh, the Stanley Cup run, and and you lose you lose Game Seven uh, in the Cup Final. You know how often do you go back to that? No, it's 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 super hard. It's something I, I mean, especially for me, like I, I've. You know, the way we lost too with Marshawn kind of taking liberties on the twins. And it was, you know, that was my job to, to, you know, to keep those guys away, keep the flies off. And I mean, it was, we had the best power play in the league and, and, uh, we got to the finals and stopped calling things. And, and our organization as a, as a group just made the, made the decision to not, you know, not go after them and not do it because they were, the league kept telling us, oh, we're going to call it, we're going to call it. And, you know, looking back, I should have just taken things into my own hands. And, but, you know, I wasn't playing against Brad Marchand too often back then either. It was me, me against Sean Thornton. But even that, I should have just you know done something. But it's hard for sure. But it's uh, you know water under the bridge. Life goes on. So two years in Vancouver. This is kind of a random question, but Rick Bonus was your assistant coach. Hear yeah. a lot about him with him being in Dallas and and then being a good yeah. team. What was he like? It sounds like the players all uh, really really like him. 
Oh, he's the best. Bones, he's a beauty. He's, uh, yeah, one of my favorite coaches to this day. Just like one of those guys who's got a smile on his face and it's genuine. You know, he's not faking a, a single thing. He gets to the rink and he's just, you know, chumming around with the boys, telling jokes. And he's, you know, he's older. He's like, you know, he's probably in his 60s back then or late 50s back then. And, and he just, he just got it. You know, he, he, he gets everyone. He gets the fourth line guy. He gets the first line center. And, and uh, I mean, even just some of the clips you see of his, of his talks in Dallas this year when they were in the, in the playoffs there, that's him. He's just so genuine. And, uh, you know, hockey people are genuine in general, but he's just, you know, next level, pretty great guy. So then uh, Winnipeg after Vancouver, you know, was that, was that a choice to come close to home? Was that, you know, maybe one of the best options you had at that point? How do you end up in Winnipeg? Yeah, it was, it was uh, a couple options, but it was just, you know, I wanted to be a part of that first year in Winnipeg. It was, it was pretty cool being close to home. My parents had season tickets that year. Oh, wow. And the first year of the Jets was, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, the, the GST line with, with Slater and Thorburn was probably one of the highlights of my career. You know, just, <laughs> I, I always laugh that like, you know, it got so big and, and you know, I, I like to think we earned it, but there were times where like, we'd be hemmed in our own zone and the crowd's like GST and you're just like, what the hell? Like, this is amazing. But I don't know if we earned it that much, but it was pretty cool. Um, and like I said, my friends and family got to see a lot of those games. So that was pretty awesome. How cool was Pittsburgh when that, uh, when that came about? You know, that year was, was a conscious choice to go play with Sid and you know, one of the best teams around at that point. And uh, yeah, it was just amazing to play with Sid. He, you know, just watching him every day, how he practiced, how he carried himself. Um, and then and then Evgeny Malkin is probably you know, as skilled a, a player as there is in the game or has ever been in the game. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a funny story with him. So I'm in the line with him one time in the corner we're just doing a warm-up drill at the start of practice he's like glasser let me see your stick i'm like all right so i give him my stick and it's like nine inches shorter than his and a totally different curve and he just takes off in the drill with it i'm like dude like i can't play with your stick you know he just takes off and i'm like you know i'm the fourth line i'm fighting for my job every freaking practice and now i got gino's stick and i'm like all right so i just choke up the nine inches or ten inches or whatever it was i just muck my way through the drill and i get back to the next slide i'm like man like you can't just take my stick. Like I'm not good enough to do that. And yeah. he's just like, Oh, yours too short. <laughs> he just gives it back. I'm like, yeah, you think you couldn't tell what you had to take it for a spin. Who, um, so kind of go into that when you, when you look through your whole NHL career, like, like who were some of the guys that you played with that were, you know, either pranksters or guys that were just always goofing around. And as an Ivy league guy kind of went that way, you're just like, how the hell did you make it? <laughs> well i mean i don't know like that's funny like, i get the ivy league title now but like i mean i'm just like all those other meatheads around too but no darcy hordachuk was by far the cam sack boy we were roommates my first year in van and uh when they're handing out the roommates like you know everyone's got their guy and then it's like i get horny and all the boys are laughing and i'm like what like what's the what's the deal and they're like oh fuck you're you're in one here like you got horny and you know he was fine he's like he's one of my good buddies to this day but like you know, little things like it's, we'd walk in the door. As soon as the door closes, he's like, okay, Glasser, let's think of ideas for after hockey. How are we going to make money? I'm like, dude, can we just relax for 30 seconds? He's like, well, you what, you played seven minutes. I only played two. Come on. Like I'm fresh. Let's go. And I'm like, and we, and he's, he's always brainstorming stuff, but like, you know, another, another one, like the lights are off for maybe 30 minutes and we're laying in our beds and neither of us are sleeping yet. And he gets up and I hear him go to the bathroom and he doesn't turn any lights on and he starts to take a piss and he's, I can hear him and he's just, pissing all over the bathroom it's like water and porcelain and the tile and i'm like hordy light on and he's like oh sorry sorry i didn't want to wake you up so he doesn't clean it up he just throws a towel on it and gets back gets back in bed and i'm like 
40. Like, you know, there's two of us in here. You know, you can't just treat it like your grandpa's outhouse in Camsack. <laughs> didn't care. Tanner, when you come back to Saskatchewan, you probably like to have the odd cold one. 016 Great Western Brewing, a sponsor of the podcast here. Over the last week, since we mentioned that 016 and Great Western Brewing wants to sponsor your hockey team, your senior team, your rec team, we've added few teams sign up. I think I think Boz said seven this week. So yeah, the boys are buzzing on the 016s. So if your team's drinking cold ones this year and you want free cold ones, DM us. We'll get you hooked up with the boys at Great Western. And yeah, they'll sponsor your rec or your whatever to your ice fishing. These are ice fishing teams. Yeah, well, like, well, there's ice fishing tournaments. And, and why wouldn't a guy? Why wouldn't a guy want free beer? Why wouldn't a guy? So did you play for Elaine Vignole? in two different cities like did you have him in vancouver and in new york yeah exactly who's a better part of my career i played for av that's interesting that you get him like five years later on a, on a different team what was what was he like he's a little more uh a little more stern than rick bonus that we mentioned a few minutes ago yeah i mean it, it, bones was av's assistant and bones and av got along really well i think but but yeah av's um AV's, you know, very French. Doesn't let's say this, he doesn't overmanage. You know, he just he just lays it out there and it's up to you guys to figure it out kind of thing. And I think uh, you know, for me I like that. It was, you know, I didn't I didn't have him in my ear telling me what to do or, you know, and he trusted me, knew knew what I was gonna bring every night. But yeah, he just, you know, he gives you the plan and and you go do it. And and there's not a whole lot of uh, a lot of adjusting and X's and O's really. That two thousand fourteen, fifteen Ranger year where you guys start to make the run is uh you know is this, is are the butterflies starting to get back in the in the stomach and you're kind of thinking all right this is this is another run here this is another chance for me to to avenge what happened in Vancouver yeah i mean we were it's another president's trophy that year too so we you know the best team in the regular season and uh you know pretty special players again we had like a you know Rick Nash who was i think he had like 40 goals that year and with with Hank and Nett you, you know you're feeling pretty invincible at times and then we go down go down three, one to the caps in the second round and uh, you know, end up coming back and winning that series in seven it was one of my, my better playoff rounds in my career. So that was, that was cool to feel like I had a, you know, had an impact on that team doing well. Cause you know, earlier in my career, I wasn't playing many minutes and he kind of in and out of the lineup in the playoffs. So you know, having a good playoff there was, was great. And then uh, yeah, I fell, fell short in game seven, the next round of Tampa. So that was uh, probably another missed opportunity there that, you know, you look back on, you know, the team is so great. You think you're going to get back there again next year, but you know, you realize how how tough it is to get that far and how fleeting those opportunities are. Someone that maybe you idolized growing up that that you got to play against. You know, when you take when you look at your NHL career, and all of a sudden you, you pinch yourself because you're on the ice with this guy. Yeah, like a Brendan Shanahan or a Darcy Tucker. Those were kind of you know, especially as I got older in my minor hockey and my you know college career, I kind of you know, realized or figured out that I was going to have to be playing like those guys and kind of modeled my game after guys like that. So it was cool to play against them. I think I even asked Tucker to fight one time, but it was like six, one for them. And he was just like, beat it kid. So that, that was kind of cool too. Do you have any, uh, any memorable fights from the NHL that, that stand out as a highlight from your career that you tell people about? Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a few, but the, the memorable ones are the ones that I lost. <laughs> severely or, or got beat up pretty badly and those doesn't stick out as but I, I fought Matt Karkner one time I was in Van he was in Ottawa and you know I don't know what I was thinking I tried to throw lefts off the start and stepped on my stick and he just pumped me with about eight to the eye and 
and the refs are like, yeah, you should go to the locker room. I'm like, why? They're like, am, I, am I bleeding? They're like, no, but you might want to just go settle down for a bit. And I, was, they just, I almost cried. There was there was one I remember, and we were watching Hockey Night in Canada, the late game, and you had to go Lucic one time. Yeah. Something happened on Hockey Night in Canada. But, you know, you, you stood in there, um, probably one you wanted to get back. Because I think if you connect with one or number one or number two, it's a good yeah. one, but yeah, he's just a strong dude. No, that was uh yeah, that was my last one. That was my last fight, career fight. And uh no, and then that game he 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 got into it with Mike Smith. Because right. you know, everyone knows Mike Smith, he doesn't take any shit from anyone, but he Luchich goes to the net and Smitty blockers him and then Luch tees off on, on Smitty and you know, the five other guys are looking for quarters <laughs> on the ice and I'm like I'm on the bench and I'm like, fuck, like do I really have to go line up with Luch right now? And I just so I said to Glenn Galton was the coach, another SAS guy, and I was like, "Golly, I think you gotta send me out there." And he's like, "He's like, really?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, I think you know." I mean, that, this to me, like, that's that that can't be. You can't just take that. So I asked for it, and uh, he gave it to me. So no, it wasn't <laughs> I that for it. bad. <laughs> I, it wasn't that bad. I, I I thought you did. I thought you did good. I think you got the better of uh, Cassian in a battle of Alberta too, though, right? You won one of those. Yeah, and- that was that was the first game that year, and that was close to the last. So went downhill, but no, I, I mean, it was. I would do it again. It wasn't like you, you know. I know what I'm doing enough to protect myself, but you definitely lost it. But yeah, no, it's. Uh, I don't know. I got I got better as I went. I think with the fighting, like I learned how to throw a left. And uh, that really, uh, that's key. That served me well. I was just to ask you about the hockey room in, uh, at the <laughs> house in, in, in Craven. What's that all about? Yeah. So when we moved from Southie to Craven, my parents had a, you know, in, in a room in the house on the plans when they built it, it was, it was, it was labeled the hockey room. And it was uh, the whole one end of the basement had three cement walls. And then one wall was really thick wood. We had cages over the lights and two nets in there. And, and there's a lot of bloodshed in that room. And, a lot of tears and and uh no we just that's just how we we played there all winter and all summer and, and uh come up with tons of different games and at one point my brother hit me through the wall through the door into the into the family room while my parents are watching tv and my dad didn't say anything he just said get the fuck back in there <laughs> you know it wasn't he didn't he didn't care about the, the door he just is like i mean i'm sure he cared but he was just like get back in there and i want to see you out here so older but, older brothers or what, what, how's the dynamic in the family work yeah, I'm the oldest of three. I got a younger brother, three years younger than my little sister is four years younger than him, so seven years younger than me. Oh, right on. And then you have uh, two boys, and they're involved in hockey? Yeah, I got two little guys, Sawyer seven, and, and Hayden is three. Um, yeah, this will be Sawyer's third year now. He played in, played in France when I was playing there for a year, and then he played, uh, and he played last year here in Seattle, and he's on to his second year in Seattle here. Let's talk about Bordeaux, France, and... and- <laughs> How did uh, how did you make the decision to go there, and how cool was it? And I'm sure you got a couple of stories for the fellas. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was amazing. It was you know when I started getting offers that weren't. I mean, I, I knew I was pretty much done in North America. I, mean, I think I could have gone to the American League for another year, but I just you know with young kids and uh, my wife and I love to travel and we love love that kind of side of life. So we started looking. We made a list of cities we'd go to and and. Uh, yeah, Bordeaux was right up there. So when and we we made this list probably September one when a lot of places were full, kind of after I waited around to see if I was going to get another NHL deal. And and uh, yeah, we we looked at Bordeaux and got the offer, and and uh, we thought, hey, it'd be pretty fun to live in wine country for a year. And and they sent us pictures of the apartment, which was right in the center of of, uh, of town. It's like a World Heritage site, and built in like the 1400s. So we 
took off for a year there. My little guy did international school and we sampled the local wines for a year and, and it was amazing. What's the, what was the hockey like, like in the traveling and, and how did, how did all that go in the, in the in playing in France? It's not a, not a common place. Yeah, no, I was, it was great. It was, I mean, I can't, the, the organization was amazing. They were, they were great to us as a great to my family, but the hockey was good too. It was, you know, I don't think it gets enough credit. It was, it's, it's different. I mean, it's people, you know, my style of game is, is pretty much unheard of. I was getting penalties for hitting too hard all the time. It was, you know, and the language barrier too. I'm just, I would just hit a kid, hit a kid, like open ice, just bury them. And they're like, you know, two minutes aggressive, aggressive play. And I'm like, what? Like what? That's not a, there's no call. There's no penalty called aggressive play. And I had a few conversations after the game with this one, one ref particular. I'm like, listen, like I, I've been doing this for 20 years. Like this has been my life. Like you got to you know, re-explain this to me because I'm not, I'm not getting it, but no, it was, it was great. The hockey was a little different, but we were, we were there for the experience and we enjoyed it. Oh, that was a, that's a, that's a point right there. No, we were every game. We would leave the night before the game at, at 10 o'clock on the bus. We had the sleeper bus. But the the beds were the beds were it was just one long or two long beds one at kind of knee level and one at shoulder level, and I got the best spot on the bus because I was the you know the veteran and the old guy. But most of these spots like there wasn't enough room for a full person. There were, you know so you're head to foot, but the guy's foot might be you know just six inches from your nose. You had to see it. You were just a little bit off you know offline all the way down the bus. And I, I I had a good spot, so I got no room to complain. But yeah, we we'd leave the night before the game, so you'd drive all night, and you'd get there in the morning. You'd wake up, and you'd go into the rink, and you'd have, you know, a baguette with some cheese in the morning for breakfast, and a dart. You'd, you'd morning skate, and you'd get back. You'd, then you'd have your pregame meal again. It would be just noodles with white sauce, and you get back on the bus for your nap. So you're sleeping again on the bus. So you go from you know Calgary and New York and Pittsburgh to oh, this bus ride. And, you know, I I had swallowed my pride by that point, but the boys just thought it was hilarious. The boys on the team were just like, "How's this? Just like Florida? Here you go, like, yeah, similar." <laughs> yeah. That was the that was the last year. And um, was there any any thoughts of going back? You know, the next year or somewhere else the following year? Or did you just kind of say, you know what, this it's this has been a good ride? Yeah. No, it was. I was done by that point. It was. Uh, I had consumed enough wine that season to, to make it pretty evident that it was time to pack it in, I think. So I guess we mentioned you're in Seattle, but just tell our listeners uh, what you're doing now. What's keeping you busy these days? Yeah, so I'm working for the, for the New York Rangers in player development. So I you know look after our young guys, especially, specifically here in the West. Um, it took a few more Western kids this year, so I'll actually get to be in the West a little more now. Well, hopefully once if we can get a hockey season going again, but... No, I'm uh, I'm one of three guys in our player development department, and we uh, we're pretty fortunate to have some pretty good picks in the last few years. So I get to work with some pretty good players and uh, just kind of help them on their path and kind of look back on my career and and kind of the things that I experienced and and, and kind of help them along their path. What do you think about obviously the Kraken coming in and what's the buzz there in uh, in Seattle? Yeah, it's been cool. It's been uh, they've done an amazing job, I think, so far with with the rink build out and, and, you know, kind of the branding and everything like that. And I think there's some great people in the organization with Ronnie Francis and some of the scouts they've hired and, and, you know, people are excited. I think it's going to do really well in this market. There's, there's uh, I think they've been, they've been begging for an, an indoor winter sport because, you know, the, the soccer and the rain gets a little tedious after a while, yeah. but you know, it's going to do really well here. I think when you're, when you're in the, in the ranks and your kids are playing in the small town kids or the, the, the little kids, do you ever hear any of the kids in the Seattle area go, Oh, he's like a young Shane Belter. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. <laughs> All right. Well, we thought, 
Maybe a young Jeremy Reach. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Reach. Because <laughs> <laughs> how we end these uh, tanners with some quick rapid fire questions at the end of it. If you had to come back home and play senior hockey, who would you play for? Strasburg, Southie, Lumsden, Bethune, or Davidson? Southie Marlins. Southie Marlins. Well, they're good too right now. They're, they're kind of buzzing. Your favorite coach all time? Wayne Wagner. Where was Wayne? Uh, Wayne was in Lumsden back in the day. Oh, right on. Right on. Uh, favorite teammate of all time, pro, anything, junior, college? Uh, I'll go with Robert Bortuzzo. Favorite NHL road arena to play in and why? Montreal, easy. Just everybody over it. They love it. Everyone has said Montreal. Everybody. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Like the ice surface is like so bright. The stands are just so black and the crowd reacts to every little thing. Like it's, if it's a neutral zone turnover, they're like groaning, like it's, you know, the missed the missed opportunity. I know there's hot not- dogs too. I heard. I don't know if you ever amazing hot dogs. Amazing yeah, hot yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so I and I know this was rapid fire, but I got to go back. How how hard was it to play in Florida? Because obviously Florida's <laughs> deadly, and there's no state tax. You know, there's there's no atmosphere. Like how hard was that? Yeah, it wasn't easy. It was it, there was zero atmosphere. Like the building's huge. The building's like you know next to the United Center. I think it's the biggest building in the league and. The only time there was an atmosphere is when you'd play the Rangers or Toronto or Montreal and all the people from the East coast come down and fill the, fill the stands for the other team. So yeah, it was, but I mean, whatever, for me, it was my first year time in the NHL. It was, it was amazing. But looking back, it was, it was a complete joke. Last question. And you have to answer it. You got one game must win game. You got to take one of the Elmers. Which one are you taking? (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I know them. The older ones well enough, but I'm probably taking Trent, you know, just just based on uh, seeing his snapper. I'm, snapper, I'm Trent. Right. I got yeah. one for you, Tanner. What, what's uh, what's your go-to bottle of vino? Oof. Uh, well, from France, I, I'd say this Chateau Montrose. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, but it's we we brought a couple back, but I'm saving them. I'm gonna I'm gonna age them for a few decades here, and I'm gonna get back into those. Right wow. on, right on, right on. Hey, thanks so much. We appreciate you doing this. Thanks, Tanner. Thanks, boys. You got a good thing going here. Keep it up. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Tanner. Cheers, guys. Thanks. All right, now time for the tirade brought to you by Cathedral Electric. Commercial and residential, honest pricing, top-notch work. Dave Spooner and his crew can help you out Regina and area. You can find them on Facebook or give Spoons a call, 306-530-9438. Cathedral Electric, the tirade this week. Thanks, boss. You know, I'm going to make this a two-part tirade. Barney's going to hop in on the back end of this, but... uh, I know I shopped at the big box stores. Barney talks about the big box stores. I didn't mean to. It's a quick Saturday out. I need some paraffin wax. If you don't know what that is, they use it for canning and making candles and such. Barney uses it when he jumps in on the back end. Barney uses it. But I was using it for the kids' sticks. I put it on their tape. Keeps the snow off. Keeps the blade clean. Keeps the tape on longer. And I hate taping their sticks. Anyway, head over to Walmart and Superstore. More of the story is I talked to over 16 working personnel at both these establishments. No one can give me an answer. Some people even knew what I was talking about. Didn't know if they had it. No one could give me an answer. Just shrugged me off. And uh, yeah, so I went home and I ordered it on Amazon, unfortunately. You should have went to Freeze Tallman. I don't know if Freeze Tallman would have paraffin wax. No, but I'm sure they would go and get it and then just bring it back and sell it. Bring it to my house. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, that's part one of the tirade. Part two is the election. And go ahead, Barney. Let's, I, let's I don't. I don't that. really have a 
a tirade about the election, but we were talking about it last. And Brett Este in yep. our writing, yep. I tweeted him. He had a fantastic campaign, almost he pulled did. it off against Laura Ross. Laura Ross didn't pound the payment as much as you know a lot of the other, and that'll she'd probably admit that to our face. Yeah. But Brett did a great job for the NDP. I thought the my only thing is this Buffalo party, and somebody chime in here if they know what's going on because I clearly am not paying attention. They are the old separatist. What is it? Wetex? Wet? Wexit. 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 Wex. Yeah. So they want to basically separate. The West from Canada. Right. Which is K. Okay, I understand that. What happens then? What currency, if this hypothetically, if this happened, what currency would you use? Buffalo. What would happen to Canadian pensions? Because that's a big time thing. What would happen to defense? What would happen to health care? What would happen to the treaties? That's a major thing. You just, you know, I don't know if you can do that. And then, for our podcast purposes, what would happen to all like national championships in sports? Like, I, 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 ser- I was just dead serious question. Yeah, I don't know, and I, I don't think we're gonna have to worry about it. But I mean, at the end of the day, hey, they, they got second place in a lot of ridings above <laughs> think, the NDP, and I think that's their thing. Is they're like, yeah, let's not worry about that right now. We'll just we'll try to win some seats, and then we'll figure it out. The fact that they won any seats is something else already. They didn't win any. They didn't win any. They're not like, you know what? I'm not a, but they got second. But they got people, people voted for them. Yeah, that's the fact that they actually finished second in a lot of ridings is actually like a huge accomplishment. They got way more votes than the Liberals and the Green Party total votes. So, yeah, no, I, I'm just, I was seriously wondering that last night as I went to bed and I'm like, you know, new party, what's, uh, what are they all about? I started reading up on it and I'm like, um, how would this all go down really if these tinfoil, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Like it's uh, how do you even create a party and be like, you know, what, we're going to be called the Buffalo. That's a shitty we're name too. Out, like, that is name. a shitty name. Bad like, name. let's be honest. They should have called it something else. Beef, beef, the funny party with it or something. The not Justin Trudeau party. I don't know. Separate the West party. Makes more sense. The we out. You're <laughs> we out. We out. Bouncing. Bounce. Peace. Dave Spooner, a beauty <laughs> electrician in the area. Look them up. We're hoping to renew them in the new year. Dave Spooner, cathedralelectric.com. Now time for the Pigeon Parlay brought to you by Regina Battery Depot. You need a battery for anything. They probably have it, and it's North American made. And if they don't have it, a good chance they can freaking build it. Regina Battery Depot, you know where they are on Winnipeg and Dudney in Regina, and they also ship and they support local things like this podcast, their beauties. Regina Battery Depot, we got it. So last week, I just want to quickly go back to my pigeon parlay. I had three-game ticket. Anyway, um, Sean McNall from TG Marketing texted me that he wanted to go in on a ticket with me. So we put some decent-sized units together, and we lost one game. It was the Buffalo Bills beating the New York Jets. We needed a minus 9.5, and, and they won by 8 with 6 field goals. They were in the red zone six times, so if they would have converted one of those into a touchdown, we would have won. And uh, I was completely rattled. McNall, like, it was just like, well, whatever. We'll get him next week. And I'm like, no, dude, like, this is the worst loss of my career. So, like, a $1,000 swing, so. What are you going at this week? So, quickly, I don't know if you were, do you want me to chime in on here? But I got a little trick, and it's only worked two weeks, so I'm not a gambling expert. But that whole combo play, I play a four-game combo where only three games have to come in 
right in the four games. And I picked the tightest lines that I know are probably going to be ties. And I picked two ties and two locks. And they've come in. Like you got three out of four? This week I got four out of four. Yeah. And I played this the standard play as well. So it was a nice. It paid for my $513 speeding ticket that I got outside Swift Current two weeks ago. You pretty much have to get four out of four. Like I think if you get three out of four, it's not. Like you're not yeah. winning much though. Right? And I want another one for 85 that I just will put into this week's funds. And yeah. I'm, and I'm boycotting Subway on Rochdale. Why? Because every time I pre-order, I go there and I got to wait for 20 minutes. It's not ready. I got, I got, I, I legit got uh, food poisoning this summer at Subway, actually, uh, in the old uh, superstore building. The cold cut combo, Downtown. not so cold. Yeah, the mayo was hot. And uh, yeah, yeah, I got uh, food, but I'll never eat there again. Hey, we're looking for a sub sponsor. Where's Don Air? Where is your, where is your go to sub place? Um, I'm a Mr. Sub guy, down, hands down. Yeah. If, unless I'm in the States, Jersey Mike's. Quiznos. Give me a Jersey Mike's. good. Yeah, I'm not a big, I have never bought the Quizno stock, but have you guys had Jersey Mike's in the States? I haven't. It's nope. like California subs back in the day when they had California Ooh, subs yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pitch Mama. and parlay of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Battery devote. <laughs> yeah, that's where I go for batteries. Not sure about subs. Uh, three games for you this week on the NFL docket. Going to take the LA Rams at Miami against the Dolphins, minus four on the spread. Going to hammer the Rams after a shellacking of the Bears on uh, Bears are brutal worst five and one team of of all time possibly anyway Rams at the Dolphins minus four going to take Vegas on the money line as pretty big underdogs in Cleveland Cleveland's been playing really good but Vegas I like those odds 2.35 on the money line and I'm going to take my Tennessee Titans on the road minus six against the Cincinnati Bengals Titans are going to bounce back after a tough, tough loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those three teams, Titans, Raiders on the money line, and Rams on the spread. Nice Pitch bets. and parlay. Nice bets. Thanks. All right, so the rink report's kind of going to – we're going we're gonna to shelve the rink report because a lot of the rinks are open that everybody's contacted us on. Support your local small-town rinks. Belts and I are actually coaching the same um, novice girls team and I brought that up in the parents' meeting. I'm like, let's go out to Bethune, to Saudi, to Vibank, to Rolo, some of these small rinks. Let's support them because they need it this year more than ever before. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, Shink, and uh, hopefully we'll get out there and, and twirl around out there. It's a lot cheaper, too, than, uh, than the city, and good luck finding uh, any ice in the city. And Saskatoon, you have the same thing. Drink. There's a ton of good rinks. Go to Vonda. Vonda is like a ski lodge that they made into a rink. It's unbelievable up there in the northern country. So anyways, rink report's done for Richie Brothers Auction. We're going to turn it in to the player of the week when it comes to senior hockey. That's going to be sponsored by Richie Brothers. So we're going to make some boys weeks this year when seniors going as we're going to pick the player of the week, Richie Brothers Auction. Boz, this is where you take over. Yep. Coming up Wednesday, November 4th, there's a big uh, online sale, Canada West timed auction lot event. They've got uh, people consigning farm machinery from all over Western Canada. You simply bid online. It sells from where it sits, but you can bid on things from all over. So that's on November 4th. Bidding starts three days in advance. And right now, Richie Brothers is in the middle of a bunch of fall farm sales that are online only. So uh, lots of Auction items up for bid right now, farmers. If you're interested, rbauction.com. And you Why never know. 
Why wouldn't you go bid on some farm equipment? Why wouldn't you? you know, Why wouldn't a guy? You never know when you're going to see a Monday nooner uh, guy out at one of those Richie Brothers auctions well, as well. And you know I what? hear some of the bosses over there like to say, why wouldn't a guy in their meetings? So per- it's really you never, catching on over there. You never know when you're going to need an air seeder. Senior hockey time, boys, and the senior hockey soiree brought to you by Freeze, Tom and Lumber, Regina, and Fort Capel. They're all beauties. We've talked about it. In there the other day. I was gonna, second, I'm going to put up a bigger sticker. Can I put up a bigger sticker on the mirror or on the window? Sorry. And the boys are like, absolutely. Go, all, all in go nuts. And there's a guy in there ordering windows because they're a big window supplier, right? They have a bunch of different brands and custom windows and custom doors for houses and all that. Yeah. And just the, the interaction and how they help people to do anything is so cool. So freeze Tom and lumber. We love them. Big sponsors of the Monday Nooner podcast and anything local. So first off, I want to go into Todd Johnson, coach of the U of R Cougars. Talk to him this morning. Mm-hmm. There is speculation that CIS kids aren't going to be able to play senior hockey. Part of that is correct. So the way it stands right now, the WHL scholarship stuff, that's paid by the WHL. You're set. You're, you're good to go. You're not going to lose your scholarship. Some of these kids have scholarships from the schools. And if they play senior or any pro or anything like that, they forfeit their scholarship. So, and that's a school decision. So the U of R kids, unfortunately as it stands right now, are going to be in a tough spot if they want to play senior hockey. U of R kid played SJHL, doesn't have the WHL deal. You know, now he's in a bind. Do I go play senior, make sticks and gas, forfeit my scholarship? Now, as it stands right now, if anybody plays past January 10th, you forfeit the next year of CIS. doesn't matter who you are. Okay. Yeah. I get that. As it stands right now, that might change. What if they just do what that team did that went to that Winnipeg tournament and just play under like a numbered name? How did I know you were going to say something like that? I just think there's got to be a loophole. I'm not, I'm not uh, Colby Williams. I'm playing as 3725W. I, 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 and I, I think we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I think I called it that this was going to happen, that they wouldn't be allowed to play. Um, no, but if you're a Huskies oh, kid. Right. Huskies aren't. Oh, so the U of S isn't doing that. U of or S, are they or not? We U don't of know. S isn't holding kids to, they're not allowing them, they're not giving them scholarships. Right. So, so it doesn't matter. you go play wherever you want. Right. U of R is As money invested. We'll give you the scholarship. You're not going to play senior. Right. Or pro or anywhere else. Right. Because I guess there's a lot of CIS kids too looking at playing East Coast, um, Europe, stuff like that as well. It's going to be really interesting this week. So by the time our pod drops, things might change. But as it stands right now, January 10th is that date. No one can play or else you forfeit eligibility for next year. Okay. And if you're a U of R kid and you're getting money from the U of R, you're not playing. So they won't be playing anywhere this year. U of R kids. They can't play any competitive hockey. Yeah, you can, but you got to pay your own school. So your sticks and gas better complement, right? So they're just supposed to take the year off and 
No, you can go and play. <laughs> no, and that's where Todd. Todd's like, I want. We want these kids playing. It's not his decision. It's the universities. So yeah, you know, don't want him sitting out for a year. Let's say Boz, you got a, You played for the Nippon Hawks because you look like a Nippon kid. Big Hawks guy. And Hawks. you now you you're bunch you of ours giving you a little bit of cake, and you got your scully. But then let's say the Wadena wagons call and they offer some blank sticks and check. gas. Blank wagon. Uh, and you go, well, I can pay for my school now this semester because I'm only taking two classes. And you really, you know, I don't know. Anyway, a little, uh, little update here from the White Mud. Uh, Nick Anderson chatted with him a little bit today. Cabri Gully, Shondovan Frontier, and Maple Creek set to get started November 15th. They're not sure. I guess Maple Creek's still a little bit of a question mark. Uh, the Cabri Bulldogs make, make a little run out of this year. They're bringing in some talent. They say they're going a not good luck. And good Nick luck. Anderson has dropped this to me on Twitter that he's saying that Kenton Dooley will win. Doodles. Yeah, will win the scoring race hands down. He's made the call, uh, and he is a he is a thick linesman out there, old Nick Anderson. So you know we got to trust him. He should play. Kenton Dooley should reconsider. No offense to the Cabri people, and play with the boys at Crake because Crake's doing a pretty cool thing. They got a pretty good team lined up. That could be a, How about the Wadena Wagons? Event. Anything new there, Wagons. boss? Um, well, I got a message that some of the info I gave last week was wrong. Huh. They did pick up a bunch of guys, but they didn't last play. I think I said Nacob. I think it was like, I can't remember what team they But anyway, the same guys I mentioned, I just had the team wrong that they previously had played with. So my apologies. They're still a Wagon. I knew they were going to be a bit of a Wagon. I looked up where Wadena was. I've heard of it since I've been you know, knee-high. Holy crap, that's in the middle of nowhere. Where are they pulling these guys from? Like, there's got to be something. Saskatoon. That, ugh, that's not a, that's not a it's quick not that road far. trip. Isn't it like an hour, under an hour? Oh, man. I, I think it's more than an hour to Wadena. Sure. Someone Google this quick. Google Skinner. So- oh, it's two and a half hours. It's a hike. There we go. Two, two and, and a half, half hours. hours. Basically two and a half hours from Regina, too. It's in the middle of nowhere. So they, whatever they're doing, they must be pulling some solid local guys or whatever. Hey, Twin Rivers League. That league we've heard nothing from. Nobody really has given us anything. Maybe there's like a couple of teams. We don't know when it starts, who's in the league. What All these other leagues have been actually pretty cool. Barney, maybe you should go check their website. All the websites suck. And I've talked to a lot of guys and they're like, I know, isn't that awful? It's like, we're trying to promote your league. People are trying to look. People are going to be starving for hockey. Get somebody to spend some time I don't on a think they website. Have, I think most of them don't have the schedules finalized more than anything. We're getting, we're getting messages of like finalized schedules. Yeah, like I think they're coming together At least right up until speak, Christmas. Like the last couple days. I, that's, it's, you don't have to send it on a courier pigeon. Put it on a freaking website. Well, the leagues I talked to, they didn't have it finalized for sure as of like last week. So let's give them until the end of the week no. to get their websites updated. Get them rocking. Before we... Uh, Sask Alta League, too. We need some info there. They did send us uh, a little bit of info. All the teams... League that- is split by province, obviously, because they're yeah. Alberta oh, and Saskatchewan. Right, yeah. uh, six Alta teams play 10 games starting November 6th. Five Sask teams play 16 games starting November 27th. Then they're taking like a three-week break, yeah. and then they're going to reevaluate after Christmas. That's the Sask Alta that come, came from the Wainwright wrestlers. I talked to some of the Lashburn cool. uh, guys too. Oh, that's good. Okay, here's a little surprise for all you senior hockey people. We're going to be doing a senior hockey only preview show, talking about all the leagues, and we're going to power rank teams. And if you don't like where you land, t- 
tough shit. So especially the leagues that haven't said anything to us. We don't know. Some of these leagues have been amazing. Thanks to everybody who sent in info. But we're going to do that, and that's going to launch in the next week on what we know, and there's some pretty cool hockey going to be played in this province. You guys know Brad Morrison from Davidson? Do not. No, he runs the Cyclones now. I just wanted to say that okay. he sent us an update on... Uh, actually, this is what I think is very cool. Out in Davidson, they've installed Live Barn in the rink, oh. so you can watch the home games from anywhere on your phone or oh, your computer cool. or whatever. So he's just... Yeah, he sent us a message, really enjoying the podcast, really great interviews you guys are getting. Awesome senior hockey talk. I'm from Davidson. Yeah, and then he went on to say, uh, loves the podcast, and Ryan Keller is their big signing out in Davidson. Locked in. Kells Con- is going to come on the show. Confirmed. He's waiting to come on the show when we go to Saskatoon. Maybe we got to go to Davidson. Bring him on. You got a hotel room? David Price. Brad? Brent? Brad says the clones are going to be very competitive this year. A bit oh. of a wag on. Everyone's, that's, there's a, it's optimistic everywhere, right? How Teams is this for an overnighter? And- Brad gets us a nice spot in the Davidson um, hotel, the, and, hotel and casino. Hit up the NW. And we do a little bit of uh, live. We do the live show, and we watch either Leroy or Watrous play there because I think those are going to be the two teams. We're going to get to all this. A couple in the, studs, you think. We're going to yeah. get to all this in the, in the show. Why wouldn't a guy? All right, provincial election last night. Uh, we're recording here on Tuesday. We talked about it. It was a landslide, I guess, is the best, uh, best way to put it. Joining us here, one of the victorious candidates from Swift Current, friend of the pod, Everett Henley. Everett, before we get started with the mundane answers when it comes to election, what is your favorite senior hockey rink in the province? <laughs> it's the, it's got to be the, the Abbey uh, Metrodome or whatever it's called there. <laughs> That's right. Well, who doesn't love that barn? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we, we had some cold road trips out there in the middle of January when you were playing for sticks and bucks there. <laughs> sticks and bucks. gas, or whatever sticks it was. Exactly. <laughs> he is a puck, yeah. So, um, yeah, to, to call a spade a spade, you, you're, you weren't, you know, didn't, uh, weren't contested that much in Swift Current. But in general, the SAS party rolled. And I think we were all chatting back and forth last night here as a group. I was actually surprised in the margin of victory if you know if you're one of the boys here talking were you a little bit surprised as well yeah you know what uh you never know with this stuff it's it's tough to figure out like we 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 do some internal polling obviously and then kind of look at uh, you know where where there might some possibilities might be and and uh, but uh but you, you keep that stuff kind of close to your close to your vest a little bit and and, uh, but, you know, we did look at some possibilities here, picking up some of these seats that we hadn't, uh, you know, that we didn't uh, have before, but uh, it's all about, you know, there's so many factors that go into it, a 28 day campaign and, and a lot can change and you got to get out the boat, right? That's the big thing. You can identify all the support you want in the world. And, you know, I could door knock somebody's house and they could say, oh yeah, I'm voting for you. <laughs> but uh, that, that might just be to get you off the doorstep while they go back and watch the game or something. Right. So, but uh, you got to actually get that person to the votes or to, to the ballot box and, and until you do that, you know, it's um, to use the old uh, sports cliche, you got to give her a full 60 minutes and, you know, <laughs> do or die time and, Get game seven and all that sort of stuff. And, and uh, but, you know, take it one shift at a time. One guy that we followed closely here on the podcast uh, in Regina, Gary Gruel. We were calling him Gary yeah. Grewal. Grewal, Grewal, Grewal. Um, he, he double G. G2. Yeah. G squared. 
<laughs> Lack of a better term, he got molly whopped in the uh, by election. And for a guy to pick up his, you his- know, lips off the mat and go back at it. That, is that one still um, is that one still kind of hanging in the balance with the mail-ins or, or is Gary going to pull that one out? Yeah, it is a bit, right? That's a bit of a uh, bit of a chumble one, but top thumping right there, eh? Get knocked down and back up again. He, uh, you know what? I, I only met Gary once. I met him once about a year ago at a, at a fundraising dinner and just briefly shook his hand. And you know what? I, I, I tell you, I, it was stressful for me as a guy running in a pretty safe seat here in Swift Current where we had a solid foundation that put together by the SAS party and course by the former guy here brad wall who i know has uh, recorded a promo for your guys's podcast but uh you know uh, uh gary you gotta give him credit because that was a tough seat that was the seat that was formerly held where john northeast was formerly held by uh our, our finance minister kevin doherty at the time and uh, and then uh, jens peterson won it against gary in, the, in that by-election a couple of years ago and like you said barney quite uh, it was quite uh, he did it quite handily so for uh, Gary to come back and, and uh, you know, to be the, the nominated candidate for us again and to go back into it. You know, the good news is when you do that, you got a team built around you. And you probably got a little bit of fire in your belly to say, OK, we we got to, you know, we got beat the first time. But uh, let's take a look at, uh, you know, it's the old uh, go back and look at the tape and <laughs> watch the replay and put, pull the telestrator out like Howie Meeker and then say, how can you win this one? And, uh, and give him credit. I, I re- Man, I hope that... Uh, Again, there's a bunch of mail-in ballots that got to be counted there, but I hope he pulls it out just because of the sheer effort that uh, Gary and his team put into uh, into the, into the election here this year. Yeah, it's just great to see a guy with a real never give up attitude like that succeed. It's yeah, it's awesome. One thing with our podcast, obviously, we're so big with hockey. So explain to people how it works because you know now the kids are playing and they're like, oh, the government—they're going to shut us down. Oh, you know, it's like. Well, I think it's like the health experts and whatnot. So just brief our listeners, Everett, how it happens, because I'm sure you get emails and calls and, you know, letters probably there in Swift Current still. Faxes. (laughs) Faxes. Faxes. Into the trading post (laughs) under your name. Shout out. Yeah. Explain to people how it works, how you as a government are working closely with a number of a number of groups. Yeah, for sure. And it's not just, you know, it's not just hockey. It's not just the recreational things, but any of this sort of stuff is we, you know, it's interesting to look back as as things first shut down back in the middle of March. And this is not just Saskatchewan, but nationwide. And every province has kind of handled this differently. It all sort of happened, you know, at once there. And then, but the reopen plans all you know, were kind of staggered. Saskatchewan, we were the first province to announce a reopening strategy um, in, in five phases, essentially four. We've been through, you know, phases one through four point one to 4.2 uh, uh, were launched by by early July and phase five of course is long-term restrictions but there's a lot of back and forth right and and I you know I myself personally as the MLA for Swift Current wasn't sitting directly in those in those conversations but uh, but you know we would have uh, a couple of caucus of teleconference calls each week between the, all of us MLAs and the premier and cabinet and we'd report back I know I would on what I was hearing from for my constituents and that would include things like hockey so we you know we'd uh, provide that feedback so that when the premier and the health minister and, and those folks you know the minister of parks culture and sports uh, minister mikowski we're, we're having consultations with with the, the chief medical health officer dr shahab and any of the senior officials from the, the sha we'd say 
you know, look, how, how can we, how can we make this work? This is how, you know, the, our, our constituents would like to see things happen. We, we understand that there's obviously, a, you know, there's a medical considerations here to keep this, uh, keep a lid on this thing. And so I, you know, I'm sure there's some give and take, and that's why you see it a little bit different in every province. And, and that's the other thing too. You look at other jurisdictions, look and see what, you know, what Alberta's done or Manitoba or BC or some of the Eastern provinces and, and try and learn from them and see what's worked there and perhaps what hasn't, perhaps we can work on that a little bit, but to, my last question, quickly, in all seriousness, where what do you guys have to work on this time around in the next four years as uh, as a SAS party? I know you know education seems to be coming down hard on you. Healthcare yeah. always comes down hard on you. In all seriousness, yeah. no. In all seriousness, where where do you, where do you guys think you need to be better in the next four years? Well, by and large, you know, the first thing, first of all, it's it's the it's the main topic that we talked about to, during this election campaign, which was because of COVID, and it was a completely different election than we would have been, you know, planning to go into say ten months ago. But uh, but it's it, it's the economy. It's it's not that's that's front and center for us. You know, how do we how do we get Saskatchewan's economy going again? And it's it's going you know it's going well. Let's let's you know be clear about that. You know, as I was campaigning, talking to small businesses and and Swift Current and, and medium and large sized uh, manufacturers, guys in the oil patch, and they're they've got their own struggles there too. But uh, but they've been trying to figure their their way through this. Uh, that, that being said, there's those that have lost their jobs, they've lost their businesses, they've lost their livelihoods, and they're starting from scratch. And, through no fault of their own because this is affecting everybody so you know we got to get the uh, we got to make sure we get the the economy ticking here again and and uh, you know i i feel positive about it i think we we do have a really good opportunity to do that saskatchewan's pretty well positioned in terms of the resources we have we've got great people here and you know amazing entrepreneurs we're going to figure this thing out that's kind of number one but in addition to that you're you're right barney we got to balance some of these other things you know we've uh, made some commitments here in the campaign um, not only to help with businesses, for example, the, the temporary reduction of the small business tax, but uh, but in the home renovation tax uh, credit idea here, and the 10% cut in power bills for a year, all little bits to try and help people out a little bit. But but there's things like, you know, the reduction in seniors uh, ambulance costs and uh, hiring more continuing care aids in, in the healthcare sector. And and of course, the, the the schools thing too. So you know, we've done a lot of work in that. We've we've built a lot of new schools and and uh, and done some renovations projects. But we got to make sure that we have uh, teachers and staff in those schools as well, and, and work with our partners in the education system. So I, you know, that's it, it. All kind of ties together. At the end of the day, there's only one taxpayer, right, to pay for any of this stuff. And it's uh, it's uh, well, there's three of them. It's you guys sitting there in the room, I guess, and probably a bunch more around the province. But uh, that's how we pay for these things. And we got to make sure we do it in a, in a fiscally responsible. way. Well, uh, on behalf of the Monday Nooner guys, that was a big honking interview and uh, congratulations on four more years. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. I, I got to admit, I'm a couple of I'm a couple of twirls behind. I got to catch up. I got a little uh, uh, backlog there during the election campaign, so I'll, I'll catch up on these and re- really enjoy listening to you guys. You guys do a, a fantastic job, and and uh, despite Barney, but uh, I don't know how much he's told you about uh, how far we go back and. Old roommates back in the day and radio buddies from from way back when. But uh, you guys do an awesome job. You're, you can tell just by the numbers of subscribers you got. So. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Thank bud. You. Hey, thanks right so on. much. Why wouldn't a guy? That's it for us, boys. Thanks to all our sponsors. 22 Fresh. Check out their new gitch. Oh, they're great. I wore them the other day. They're fantastic. Unbelievable. <laughs> I wore them three days in a row. They're nice. not bad. Keep them up. 22 nice Fresh. And they there. got new track suits and new winter coats. And you can always use Monday Nooner for 15% off on your online orders, 22 fresh. As we send it to break, here is Fran Moran and the Nervous Rex. Spinning around like a top, out of control, you got 